Skjegel! Skjegel! Skalmel! Skjegelovnir! Skjegel! Skalmel! Skjegelovnir! Skjegel! We tend to name drop and not explain why the name is worth well, dropping. Well, in this episode of Skull, we will. Welcome to episode six. How of long Skull. were you recording that? Just enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, well, who back. are you that you would do this? <laughs> I am King of Normandy, um, which we'll talk about in this episode of the Viking Age in France. Mm. I segued myself. I am Luke Hunsaker, and today I'm joined with. Nate Cunningham. And Melina Chavez. We're back. good at that. We're back. It's like we've done it a couple times in a row. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting behind the mystique. Our so secrets. We're talking about Vikings in France. So as a um, descendant of Papa Charlemagne, I will let you take the lead on this one. Oh, great. Thanks. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I'm so happy you did. As Luke was saying, uh, we're talking about Vikings in France. There are a lot of places to start, so we're just going to jump right in with Rollo, the first Duke of Normandy. Kick-ass Duke. He was pretty <laughs> rad. Uh, for those of you who watch Vikings, this char- the character Rollo in that is very loosely. And by very loosely, we want to emphasize the very and loosely part. Pretty much... Mm-hmm. Ignore the family lineage and just kind of go with the character once they get to France. They share the name <laughs> and he was in France. <laughs> we'll post that in the show notes. Okay. Thanks. Shirtless Rolo. Shirtless Rolo. Before he becomes fancy Rolo with curly hair. Yeah, very French. Yeah, so this happened in the 8th and 9th centuries. So attracted by the riches of the province by that often traded, the Vikings would come down to Normandy in the northern part of France. And they'd hop in their longboats each summer if, and raid monasteries and towns and eventually reached Paris in about 845. Paris at that time, and as it really has been, is just phenomenally well situated mm. to be like a crossroads of most places in Europe. Yep. It has rivers, a river that goes through it. It's in a wonderful climate. Mm-hmm. So people just go to Paris. And for as long as there's been Paris, it's really just been a focal point of culture and art and trade, which makes it a very tempting target Mm. for people who like preying on art and culture and trade, like the Vikings. Yes. Shinies. All the shinies. All All the shinies. shinies. (laughs) And after after a few years of uh, wintering in the region, at about 9-11, the Viking Jarl Rollo, the Count of Ruin, was powerful enough to force French kings to sign a treaty, ceding part of that province to him. He came down from Scandinavia, decided he liked that part of France and basically hung out there until he could bully people into saying, yep, okay, fine, you're in charge. I could admire that. I, Char- admire uh, the, I believe that. the king at the time was, he has, it's Charles. There's Charles the Bald, and I believe his other name is Charles the Simple. <laughs> I believe that is correct. I believe that's the same person. So you can tell... How well-respected this man was. I mean, it's also an easy way. Like, bald isn't always bad. Yeah. Mm. But simple. But simple. <laughs> he could just be a very uncomplicated person. 
See Fair. the hill, take the hill. <laughs> <laughs> or see the Vikings pay them to go away. <laughs> simple solution. Here's simple solution money. for a simple problem. Bye. Right. It Fair works. Starting a war. It's a much cheaper Preserving in the long people, run. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You preserve your art and culture. So from that point, all the shinies, well, (laughs) some of the shinies, the the rest of the shinies went with the Vikings. So after that, they started calling the place Normandy or the country of the Northmen, which makes sense being as they came from the North. North. So in the last, in the following, you know, century and a half, Rollo and his successors converted to Christianity and were vassals of the French king and expanded their domains by conquest until they covered a out all the area that is currently mm-hmm. Normandy. So it's been fairly consistent since then. Mm-hmm. It's been a good thousand years or so. Uh, his grandson, Richard I, took the title of Duke and the family name St. Clair or Sinclair from St. Clair Surept, which is where the treaty was originally signed. Um, so this is one of my favorite Rollo stories. Um, when he became basically a vassal to. Uh, the French, um, there is like a, I can't remember what the ceremony are called, it's like a ceremony of fealty, basically, becoming the vassal state of, of the king. Right. Basically and, a recognized sub-sovereign of the area. Yes. It's and a big deal. Originally, Charles tried to give Rollo uh, Flanders, and he said no, because <laughs> it's too marshy, and so then the king offered him Brittany, um, and then that's what ended up being Normandy. Normandy was a part of Brittany. Um, um, so um, Rollo accepted it, but to finalize that deal, Rollo was asked to kiss the king's foot, which is was a, a thing that happened um, back in the day. And uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Dudo, correct? I did. Yeah, I, you know... There's not a whole lot to talk about him, just in passing. Mm-hmm. Dudo was a Norman historian. He was born in about 965, which is a good 70 years after all of this had happened. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not a word-for-word or entirely accurate mm-hmm. reenactment, but it makes for a hell of a great story. Yes. And that story is um, Rollo was unwilling to kiss the king's foot. Uh, to the foot, and the bishop said, he who accepts a gift such as this ought to go as far as kissing the king's foot. But Rollo replied, I will never bow my knees at the knees of any man, and no man's foot will I kiss. And so, urged on by the Franks, he ordered one of his warriors to kiss the king's foot. The man immediately grasped the king's foot and raised it to his mouth, planting a kiss on it, (laughs) <laughs> while he remained standing and laid the king flat out on his back. Uh, the, so there arose such a great laugh <laughs> among the Vikings and a great outcry <gasps> among the Franks. I love it. And I feel like this is where the French attitude came from. Do this thing. We will not do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> do the thing we will do the thing yes that, <laughs> but <laughs> but we will do it our way like I see I was like so th- like and I know throughout history they kept they'd call for Normandy's aid and they'd be like nah, I don't think I don't want to yeah. nah, I don't want to well it kind of leads into a topic <laughs> we were discussing earlier about how people have just always been terrible yes it's yes. not a new thing <laughs> no 
and everyone's been an asshole at all times. Their entire lives and the entire <laughs> history of the world. People haven't really changed. We're not better than previous generations, and the generations that come aren't worse. Mm-hmm. We're all the same. Like People They play practical jokes. Yeah. They're snooty. They're stuck up. And it's just based on the culture you have at the moment on how that's reflected. It's viewed, yeah. 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 Like the graffiti, which basically, you know, you put it on a ceiling and it just says Rolo was here. Mm-hmm. There's a, if, if you guys get a chance, there's a, a documentary that the History Channel did called The Real Vikings, where they're going through the histo- history of actual Vikings with some of the actors. And Why they, in all of our friendship is this the first time you have brought this up? <laughs> they take Clive Standen, who plays Rolo, to Rolo's tomb in France. And it's on Amazon Prime right now, uh, Amazon Prime Video. You can you can watch it there. I will. Um, and there's the best part is they're standing in front of the giant coffin with this rope. And it says, do not touch. And Clive Standen looks around. <laughs> the rope? Like, of course. The rope. <laughs> I wish like, you could see my smirk on this, but I'm smirking. He's like, I know it says don't touch it, but I'm going to touch it. And he leans <laughs> over and he touches the casket and he's like, that was cool. <laughs> like he, he geeks out a little... Little hard on that one. They also take uh, the lady who played uh, Queen Oslog uh, to Iceland to check out some of the old houses and stuff, like the old long houses. It's really good. It's only it's like four episodes, I think, but it's really good. That's my Friday night tangent. Um, Let's talk about the siege of Paris, which I love that. Like you know, they had been raiding the coast and raiding the coast and. I know the transfer of information wasn't great at this time, but you think they might have heard stories of, hey, you know these guys, they just sail right up the river. <laughs> they come from the sea and then just keep going. They don't have to stop and march. You think some kind of story would have gotten to the Frankish I king at this say time. I that they, he did, but I don't think he believed it. He was probably like, nah, that's all just, just lies. That's all just stories. They just kind of did. Stuff. To an extent. Kind of. Well, I like mean... in 864, the Franks did build some bridges across the river. It's very hard to sail a boat through a bridge. Have you tried? Well, then they just pick the boat up and walk around the bridge. <laughs> I didn't say there were going. large bridges or that it was a great idea, but it was an attempt. <laughs> an attempt was made. It's true. Um, but I mean, it was a long, it was a long siege. It was a year long siege. Mm-hmm. Year long. That's, I mean, that's time. That's time put in. Yeah, they were outside the gate for a year. So from November... If they had only opened it. (laughs) Holy, right. November 1885 to October 1886. 885. 885. That's a very long siege. I do the same thing. November 885 to October 1886. It's a long, They were sieging during the American Civil War. I mean, years were longer back then, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They didn't have daylight savings. (laughs) (laughs) It prolonged the year. (laughs) Right. Just add an extra uh, millennium onto it. It's fine. So it was a year-long Viking siege of Paris. At the time, the capital of the kingdom of the West Franks, notable of the first occasion of of which the Vikings dug themselves for a long siege. So rather than the hit-and-run technique that they have usually done, they're like, no, you know what? Let's send our ground. Let's fight a battle. Let's have a good time with this one. Like like they wanted to. Right, they're like, fine, it's temperate here. Yeah. It's nice. They were determined. Like, no. I'm sure they... This will do. This is just fine. I like this. Right. You know, rather than raid and fight and sail, we can hang out on the banks of this river and drink wine. 
It's the right climate for it. Oh, and there is one. I know. What are these wheat fruit? (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't so have a winter in the north. (laughs) But the failure to capture the city marked a turning point in the French history, which French didn't win a lot, so... Well, well, I yes mean, and no. well, they did. They did. They did until Charlemagne died. There you go. <laughs> Even then, like and they were still, they still, they the Saxon Wars. They ran the Saxons onto the the islands. Basically, yeah, but those were Saxons. <laughs> but those, were those Saxons. weak Saxons. Okay. Yeah. I come from strong Norman stock. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> weak Saxons, but I mean, look at Napoleon. Mm. Napoleon conquered a lot of the known world at the time. Mm. That's true. And I think a lot of the current snootiness towards French has a lot to do with World War II. Not as small as people Mm. say he was, too. Exactly. That's a very big misconception there. He was not that short. Much like Charles the Bald, who was actually, as we were mentioning previously with Rolo, was not actually bald. (laughs) It's like Little John in the Robin Hood. Who's 7'4". Right. He was actually a (laughs) hairy man. (laughs) So, you know, irony was not dead in the early mm. first millennium. And people will be people. Yeah. Weird how that works out. <laughs> See how we're bringing topics back from five minutes ago. <laughs> Whole round robin. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, the, Paris. Yeah, sorry, Paris. <clears throat> um, so, the Vikings rode up the... Uh, they rode, not rode. Row, row with ruined. a W as row, in row, row, row your boat. Rowed up the Seine to attack Gently Paris up the in Seine. 845 <laughs> and returned three times in the 860s. Each time uh, they looted the city uh, and were bought off with bribes. Uh, in 864, the Franks built bridges across the river to deter these raiding parties. Two fr- foot bridges crossing the river to the city situated on the... Seine? Oh, that... Yeah, I I look at you for French words. Because I speak French. Well, Papa Charlemagne. (laughs) That was a good four generations ago, (laughs) with daylight savings time. Uh, It was in 1886. (laughs) It was a long time ago. Right. Um, It was basically, what what did you say? What was your pronunciation of this? Oh, the Ile de la Cité? Yeah. There's an accent. The the island city. Um, Crazy how that works. Uh, was recently fortified, but the Frankish kingdom was weak and unable to defend itself properly. Taking advantage of this weakness, the Vikings attacked Paris again with a large fleet on November 25th, 885. So it's it's kind of neat to look at the dates on these. Because mm-hmm. they started in 845, and over 40 it took years... 40 years for them to be like, you know what? Well, it's just... I mean, they were accomplishing everything they wanted <laughs> to do. If you go in for a quick raid, you'll either raid, or you get paid off in bribes. Either way, you're getting loot, which mm. you can then take back and sustain yourself over yep. the... Yeah, no, it's, long long. it's logical. Yeah. yeah. Like, cool. They'll pay us to go away. All we wanted was money. We've got money. Let's go. So, yeah, that stereotype of the big, dumb, barbarian Vikings, it was like, no. They were just... They were like everybody else. They're like, oh, you know, why don't we just keep doing this? Oh, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Works out really well. And then they build bridges. And they're like, well, fine. We'll go around the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> fine. In that case, we'll attack Paris again and again, 20 years later. So this is where we get uh, um, the introduction of Duke Odo of Francia. Tell us about Constable Odo. Constable Odo. <laughs> uh, he was basically in charge of the military in the area. Mm-hmm. So as he came in, he controlled the city and was preparing for the attack. And he built towers on the bridge <laughs> on either side. But he didn't have a lot of people to work with. He had very small forces, and it was probably about 200 men. But because of the strategic place, he had put those towers, enabling them to be a choke point. So you come in down the river, 
and you've got towers full of 200 people shooting things at you. If I were in the same position, I would probably not stick around for long if I had 200 people shooting sharp, pointy objects at my tender flesh. Mm -hmm. So they repulsed each Viking assault on the towers, and with the classic way you have of repulsing anyone who's attacking your tower. You drop down a bunch of hot, burning, sticky, hot wax and pitch. Mm -hmm. That tends to deter people. Again, were I in a similar situation, I would be deterred if someone was dropping a hot ball of pitch on my face. Uh, The Viking request for tribute was refused, because they finally got fed up with everything that was going along. You can only... I mean, everyone reaches a breaking point. And after 40 years of raids, evidently Paris had reached theirs. So Paris refused to give them tribute, and the Vikings decided, fine, we're sticking around. They besieged the city. They attacked the northeast tower with catapults, battering rams, and a whole variety of other war machines. Uh, They'd burned three ships to try and burn down the wooden bridge, weakening enough for it to be swept away by the heavy rains in that February of that year. Eventually, the Vikings got to the tower, but by then, uh, the Vikings decided to just move on to pillage the surrounding countryside. Why throw people at a wall when you can, you know, frolic through a vineyard? Mm Mm-hmm. Get all those weak fruits. Right. It's a lot easier than (laughs) having burning pitch dropped on your face or Mm. down the collar of your neck. And that really just stings. (laughs) Like you ever get like raindrops or snowflakes down the back of your neck? Imagine burning wax. Imagine that, but worse. Yes. Imagine that, (laughs) but on fire. (laughs) Like when you've been sitting in a fire and like one of those embers pops and lands in the back of your shirt. Fine. Take my comparison and make it actually relevant to the conversation. (laughs) Why don't you? It's it's kind of my superpower. It's not a great superpower. It's, it's more like an average power. It's yeah, I guess so. Fair enough. Right, right. So being smart, the Parisians at this point noticed the Vikings weren't throwing themselves at the walls, and replenished their supplies and sent people to go seek help. Um, yeah, and so during the summer, uh, the Vikings made a final attempt to take the city, uh, but they were soon surrounded by Frankish army led by Charles the Fat. There's many Charles, so they all have to have. <laughs> Different. Charles is a great name, Luke. Charles the Fat. <laughs> Which one's worse, Charles the Fat or Charles the Bald? Charles, or Charles the Bald at least was ironic. What yes. about Charles the Simple, though? The Simple, yeah. <laughs> Let uh... me check Wikipedia and see if that was also ironic. <laughs> um, so rather than fight, Charles the Fat paid uh, the Vikings 700 pounds of silver to lift the siege and sent them off to ravage Burgundy. Oh, okay. They were well, like, then... no, 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 no. But look at them. They don't have walls. <laughs> so here's some money and a new target. Full of shinies. <laughs> and as a raider, that's great. That's oh, everything that's you ever wanted. I would have taken that mm-hmm. deal. Would you take that deal? Yeah, but I it was also smart. In a heartbeat. It was I also smart in the Frankish because the Burgundy was in rebellion against the Franks at the time. So it was a win-win so situation for common, them, too. Basically. They're like, our city doesn't get burned, and we get that revolt put down. So everyone wins in this situation. It's a good alliance um, at that point. Which is, you know, pretty smart. So. That's way um, smart. But, uh, so, being indignant over the defeat and the ransom, the Parisians uh, refused to allow the Vikings to pass the river on their way back, forcing them to drag their boats thousands of feet overland uh, in, uh, to an area of the river outside the town. After the hated Charles was deposed in 888, and Odo, the savior of Paris, became uh, king of the West Franks the following year, the city was spared from any additional Viking raids. Um, so one thing I do, I want to talk about, it's a little bit 
in the in the future. We we've talked a little bit about say the Viking raids in England, right? Mm-hmm. And like the Saxons, you know, they were beat and they pushed back and they beat, and then they finally had a. They actually, I wouldn't say they had defeated the Vikings because there were still uh, Norse Vikings right around. Right. It's say, at best a stalemate around yeah. the 1060s, right? Right. 1066-ish. And then the Normans invade from Normandy. And that's what, like, all of the English people, like... That is Grandpa Billy, by the way. They say, <laughs> they say you know, that, that that is when it became England. Right. So the first England was French Vikings. Which is really fascinating. Which is funny that is actually... because of the <coughs> rivalry that then comes up between England and France. Mm-hmm. Like you, but you were from there. Uh-huh. I mean, they're right next to each other, separated by a stormy, narrow, well, fair, relatively mm-hmm. narrow strait. Yeah. And they're just really tempting targets. Anyone can hop into a boat and try and invade the other place. Mm-hmm. You can see it. Yeah, on a it's good right day. right there. Yeah, you can hop in your boat. Yep. Paddle a bit across. A lady swam it. Much later. much, much later. Much, many, much later. But few people have swam true. it. But yes. it can be swam. Swam? Swummed? Swimmed? Swammed? Swammed. Swammed. That's how you say it in the old Scandinavian. Swam. That's how I say it in our Scandinavian anyway. <laughs> what we're going to call it. Please don't fact check that. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I just always thought that was funny that like the, the English people that, you know, came after that were descendant of Norwegian and French people from Normandy that they stole the land from. And it's... I love it. This is one of the reasons I really like history, Mm because everything is so interconnected. Mm -hmm. Like, you have the Vikings invading Lindisfarne in 783, who then eventually get kicked out of England in about the Thames, Mm -hmm. who then go over to Normandy and say, hey, we like it here. By the way... There's England just over it's there. It's like right there. I know you guys have seen it. Right. I know you guys have seen it. And so William the Conqueror, Grandpa Billy, goes over and conquers England, which sets off the whole Robin Hood story. Mm-hmm. Because he was, you know, one of the good Saxon people mm-hmm. against the wicked evil Normans mm-hmm. who took over and just kind of stayed around. And I, I know a lot of the um, the Saxons that stayed there, got pushed to the southwest Mm -hmm. and to the north. Right. And became Wales and Scotland, where the Scot... I feel like the the Welsh were a mix of the... If I'm remembering correctly, were a a mix of the Britons that were there from Mm -hmm. back in the Roman times. Right. And the Saxons, they became the Welsh. Yeah. The Saxons that ran north... With the Gaelic Celtic people from Ireland became the Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. Not to forget the Angles, which Mm -hmm. is where we get the Mm Anglo-Saxon bit from. And also Angland Mm -hmm. or England. Yep. Land of the Anglo-Saxons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, history is awesome. We should do a podcast on history. I know we should. But, unfortunately, this is all we have time for. Uh, Thanks for listening to our brief history of the... Viking Age in France. Um, again, we will come back. Guarantee you. There's to just do so, so much to so talk much. about. Um, There's a lot to talk about in France, that's for sure. But yeah. thank you guys for listening. Um, 
if you have any questions or comments or corrections or corrections, um, let us know. And if there's any topics you want us to talk about, and I guess until next time, guys, skull, skull, skull.